Well, there may not be a game today, but there's still a lot to talk about with the Dallas Stars. On today's show, I'll be joined by Sam Nestler, who writes for the Hockey Writers covering Texas's favorite hockey team. We'll talk all about the game against Buffalo, talk about the trade deadline, and talk about the playoff positioning and how we think everything will unfold in the Western Conference. All of this coming up on a Tuesday edition of Locked on Stars. <laughs> Your Locked On Stars, your daily podcast on the Dallas Stars. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, Stars fans. Welcome back to the Locked On Stars podcast, the only daily podcast covering the Dallas Stars. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day, I'm your host, Dane Lewis, your local expert on all things Dallas Stars, credentialed member of the media, coming to you on this Tuesday, March 1st, about three weeks away from the NHL trade deadline. And there is a lot to talk about in that regard on today's show. In just a moment, I'll be joined by Sam Nessler of the Hockey Riders to talk about this Stars team and how they stand amongst trade talks as well as the postseason. But before we get into that, do want to take a moment and say thank you for stopping by today's episode, for making Locked on Stars your first listen of the day be sure to subscribe to and follow the locked on stars podcast wherever you get your podcast at whether that's on youtube or your favorite podcasting platform we are free and available no matter where you listen or how you listen but without any further hesitation let's get right down to business and jump into today's conversation between myself and sam nestler of the hockey writers welcome in everyone dane lewis here joined by a very special guest today the one and only sam nestler covering the dallas stars for uh, the Hockey Riders. And Sam, we're super excited to have you on the show today. How are you? I'm good, Dane. Thanks so much for having me. Glad we finally got to do this. Yeah, yeah. I'm really excited. Uh, Sam and I met one another up in the the press box at the American Airlines Center. We've been at several different Stars games and, uh, you know, been been together up in the box and at post-game press conferences. And so excited to, to finally have Sam on the show and get a little bit of his insight. And uh, Sam, I want to track back to Sunday's game that the Stars played against Buffalo. Uh, and it was, you know, pretty, pretty good game all around for the Stars, getting that win four to two. Michael Roffel, kind of the, the big name in that game, scoring two goals. And I know kind of had the whole helmet debacle with his uh, shaved head, uh, what have you, the buzz cut and all that. Do you think that a performance like that from Michael Roffel, is that something that maybe we can expect more from him as the season goes on? Or do you think this is kind of a, a one off game from him? Just kind of what you saw in this game and what you've seen from him this season. Uh, do you think this is something that, you know, the Stars can look forward to long term? Or do you think this is kind of a one-off thing that we might not see again for the rest of the season from Michael? Yeah, it's a it's a tough question, and it's a great question because it's the same as the the whole Roddick Foxa situation where we really know that they're able to deliver a little bit more in terms of goal scoring. And Raffle has to have as many scoring chances as everyone else on the team with all the shorthand breakaways and two-on-ones that he gets. Uh, he's just had a lot of trouble converting those. So. I'd love to say that we could see more of it. I don't think he's going to have a whole lot more two-goal games. That's just his first one since 2016, so it's not really his style. But I think that line as a whole has been really good, and they've been uh, getting some more chances. Glendale scored a big goal last week or two weeks ago against Nashville. Mm -hmm. uh, so they've been getting chances. Foxa looks like he's right there to score uh, as soon as possible here, which would be great. But uh, I, I think that it would be really helpful for them because they have been in dire need of some scoring below that top line and especially with that bottom six. So uh, we hope so. Yeah, like you said, that that bottom six certainly struggling this season as far as scoring. And, 
you know, if we can get guys like Glendening and Raffle and even Fox uh, involved a lot more. I know that game against Nashville uh, at the end of last week, uh, he was knocking at the door a few times and was playing a really physical game. And so glad to at least see Roddick get rewarded, you know, with a, a point in that game, even though uh, Raffle, I guess, stole that goal a little bit from him with that that tip in in front of the net, but still really good stuff to see. And, uh, you know, yeah, all, all overall a really good win. And I know a big game coming up this week on Wednesday for the Stars. Uh, playing the Kings at home, and then they'll be on the road for their next three games, all against divisional opponents, uh, teams that have at least beaten them once this season, but teams that the Stars have also uh, beaten in the Jets, Predators, and Wild. So that's going to be a really exciting stretch, and I think if we can get some secondary scoring from those bottom six, that the Stars at least put themselves in a good chance to win. But with all that said, I know uh, the big talk around the NHL right now is the trade deadline, of course, and I know John Klingberg is kind of finding himself in the middle of that conversation for this Dallas Stars team, just with him wanting a bigger contract and the Stars, it seems really not wanting to give him that contract just due to maybe some of the other guys that they may sign this offseason or next offseason. What do you take or what is your take kind of on this whole John Klingberg situation? Do you see the Stars moving him regardless of their playoff positioning? Do you think that they try to get, you know, something for him at the deadline rather than letting him walk in the offseason? How do, how do you kind of see this whole situation with John unfold? I've kind of been back and forth on this all year. Uh, as soon as the whole rumors thing started, uh, we obviously before the season, we knew this was a huge year. The Stars don't have a whole lot of money and Klingberg's doing a hefty raise. So we knew it would be tough. But as soon as I think it was December, all those big rumors like he's demanding a trade and he wants out. I don't think that was true. If you're around the Stars, nobody seems to, to think that was true. John himself said he didn't demand a trade by any means. He just Got the there was a little bit of a stalemate, so he was able to speak to other teams and have a little bit more freedom. And I think that was just all blown out of proportion. So at first I was like, "Calm down, guys, it's not going to happen." And uh, you know, it's it's being blown out of proportion. And I being around the team a little bit over the last month or so, he has not been himself, especially on the ice. Uh, it just looks like his mind is not fully in the game. So. When that started, and it, you know, little things like Sunday against Buffalo, I think he had five or six passes where there were two wide open uh, teammates across the ice, and he split the difference between the two, and it got mm. turned over when you know there was a chance to make a play. So those kind of things just look like you're not fully in the game. And we know he's only got one goal all year; he hasn't been himself in terms of goal scoring. But I really believe that now it's kind of more up in the air than I thought it would be. Uh, so my take is that the Stars are in a playoff spot right now you know, barely, but they're in a playoff spot. I don't think he's going anywhere if they are anywhere near making the playoffs because this team feels a lot like that 2019-20 team that, you know, they had a super inconsistent season. They had the huge winning streak or the losing streak to start the year. Then they went on the best streak during the middle of the year, and then they lost, what was it, six in a row before the shutdown for COVID. So this has kind of been that same. We don't really know what kind of team it is. But if you look at that team, there's not a whole lot of difference from that team to this team. You know, there's Corey Perry and Jamie Alexiak, and uh, it's not like they had Bishop and they had some of the bigger names that are gone back then. So in my mind, if he gets – if the Stars are still in this position, which it's hard to believe over the next three weeks they will drop far enough out, uh, I believe he doesn't get moved. And I really don't know how big of moves they make in general if that's the case, uh, being in the playoff spot. Yeah, that was going to kind of be my next question. Is there Are there any guys that you think could get moved from the Stars? I know Pavelski's kind of a big name. Radulov, I've heard thrown around. Even Holtby a little bit because I know his deal is not very big. Uh, but yeah, I, I think you know that you're right. The Stars in the playoff position that they're in right now, I, I think it would be foolish almost to move any of those guys, especially Pavelski, who 
is responsible for, I mean, just about half the, the, the goals that have been scored this season, whether it's an assist or he's scoring them themselves. I mean, having his best statistical year at, uh, you know, in his late thirties is uh, certainly incredible and, and been very good for this stars team. And so I, I can't really imagine anyone else getting moved. And you, you kind of touched on that 1920 team. I feel like that's been a, a comparison that I and, and you, and I know others have made this season. Uh, Jake Ottinger, you know, is kind of filling that role of the next big thing here in the crease for the Dallas Stars. And uh, whenever you look at his play in the regular season, how well do you think play like that could translate to the postseason? And do you think that he would be ready for, you know, uh, kind of his first go around in the postseason? Because I think the rest of the Stars team has that veteran experience. And I mean, a lot of these guys on the team, like you said, were in that 2020 Stanley Cup run. Uh, how would you how do you see Jake Ottinger faring uh, if the Stars do end up making the postseason? Yeah, normally I'm pretty quick to jump on on young goalies going into the, their first postseason because it's such a big difference. Uh, this year they'll have a full you know crowd in most arenas, if not all arenas. You're getting that full experience. You got to play back to back games and full and you know seven games in some series against grinding teams. However, with Jake, it seems like every time anyone doubts him, he just rises above it and mm. his work ethic is not one of a 23 year old he is the first one on the ice and the last one off the ice every single day he's always watching film he's constantly i mean rick bonus talks all the time about his great play obviously but he talks much about his maturity and his uh development how fast his mental development has gone and so i really believe strong i'm a huge fan of of how he's played i'm a huge fan of him in general because that kind of player does not come around that often. You know, you look at Pavelski, he's the exact same player, uh, working hard all the way until he's 37. He's still one of the first players on the ice in the morning. So that player doesn't come around that often. So it's a really exciting time for them, obviously, for him being only 23. I mean, when's the last time the Stars had a franchise goalie that could play for that long? Uh, so that's big. And I really think that once they get to the playoffs, it will be a huge test for him. Now, let's say that he struggles a little bit. You know, he, he's had some patches here and there. I think it was mid-January. He had a few games. He was in the 700s in save percentage. Mm -hmm. So if that happens, I think that right there is the reason why they do not move Braden Holby. Because Holby has not played very well lately. He has barely played at all. Uh, I think he's played one game in the last 12, something like mm -hmm. that. So, And he's fighting a little bit of injuries during the season. However, they need that backup. And I don't think they trust Anton Hudobin to come in if, if Ottinger's not playing well and step in and be a starter again. So I think they, the reason they keep Holby is that just in case in the back of their minds if Ottinger does fail. But in my mind, I think he's ready. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline.net. Football might be over for this season, but basketball is in full swing for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, and player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds. Head to the website today and use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline.net, where the game starts. Yeah, I, I agree on the the whole keeping Holtby and uh, wanting him to be around. And I, I think that's another reason for Jake's development. And I, and I know I've said before, and I'm sure you agree that not many people, you know, he has the work ethic and he has the, you know, the want to. But I think also to be mentored by Ben Bishop, who's still in the organization and has been, 
you know, uh, in the playoffs before, and Anton Hudobin recently in the Stanley Cup, and even Braden Holtzby, who's won a Vesna Trophy, who's won the Stanley Cup with the Washington Capitals. I mean, I feel like very few goalies in this league kind of get their, you know, their first years of the NHL under their belt while being mentored and working with, you know, three guys that at one time or another were considered some of the best in the game. And so I, I think that would help a little bit in the playoffs. And like you said, he's had those cold streaks. I think he's really been a different player ever since that mid-January stretch. Uh, I think it was those Florida games. I know that game against the Panthers. He got pulled, uh, gave up, I think, four or five goals in that game, which that's just a difficult team to play goalie against for for anyone in the NHL. But yeah, really good stuff from Jake. And, you know, it, it doesn't seem to be slowing down anytime soon. And, uh, you know, he's out there dueling with some of the best, whether it's Hellebuck or Marc-Andre Fleury or, in, you know, even Scott Wedgwood from Arizona, who seems to be an actually really good goalie and not just a guy that plays phenomenally whenever the, the, the stars come to town. So there's a little bit of comfort in that, at least from a stars fan perspective, uh, of, as we try to move on from from that ugly loss a couple Sundays ago. But moving on uh, kind of to uh, uh, the other side of free agency, whenever we talk about the stars potentially being buyers, I know the stars don't necessarily have a whole lot of cap room. They're certainly not going to go out for any of the big names, whether that's JT Miller or Claude Giroux, or I know they wouldn't go for Marc-Andre Fleury because they have the goalie situation locked down, but that's another big name. Who are some guys across the NHL that are, you know, their contracts are expiring that you think the Stars might could go after and, you know, maybe get a good rental out of for the playoffs or even if it's not realistic, who is a guy or maybe a couple guys that you would like to see potentially play for the Dallas Stars for the rest of the season that they might could get at the trade deadline? Yeah, one name that, that's kind of been in my mind all season is uh, Nemestikov and that's the kind of player that they can go after unless they make some big move and, and get rid of someone with a big contract, you know, unless somehow they get rid of Radulov's contract at the deadline, which I don't think they want to do. Uh, I think that their, their goal is to go after someone like that that can bring some scoring. And you know, I think he had, he's got a couple seasons where he's gotten up near 20 goals. He's proven that he can score and he's a super cheap contract. And that to me seems like the only options for them is someone in that field. Uh, I don't think they can afford anything. You know, you start to look at, at certain players, even some people have mentioned like yet yeah, Matthias Yanmark coming back, uh, which I'm not really sure why, because he struggled to score so mightily when he was in Dallas. I'm not mm -hmm. sure what they, you know, <laughs> but, but there's some names that are getting tossed around that might have a little bit bigger contracts. Um, and I just don't see them doing that, especially when you look at what Jim Mills done in the last few years where they've been, very quiet. I mean, since the whole Zuccarello deal back in, what, what was it, 2018, uh, when, they, when they brought in Zuccarello and a couple other guys for that push, they've really been quiet. And last year maybe was a mistake that they were so quiet, but I think now they have the healthy lineup. I mean, knock on wood, they've had one of the healthiest lineups in the NHL besides the whole COVID crack back in the, the end of last year. But I think they believe firmly in the system that they have enough scoring. It's just what version of that scoring are they going to get? Are they going to get this Tyler Sagan that has 17 points in 17 games and Jamie Benn, who's who's starting to score a goal every few games or, or Gurionov, who is, you know, obviously slower trending up, but still trending up. Or are they going to get those three non-existent like they were for the first half of the season? Is Radulov going to finally figure it out? He's got two goals and second last plus minus at like a minus 14. Is he going to figure it out or is he really just too old and, and isn't going to be able to score goals? Does he maybe figure it out in the playoffs? I mean, how many times have we seen one guy step up huge in the playoffs for a team? And Radulov mm. is such an intense guy, loves the game so much. He scores a couple goals in the first round. Look out. He might go on a run, uh, you know, like we've seen certain players do uh, for the Stars in that 2019-20 run to the, to the final. So for me, 
I think it's going to be relatively quiet, but if they bring in anybody, I think it will be someone of that stature. Uh, they obviously have plenty of defensive forwards in the lineup. They don't need anything like that. I think they, if they need anything, they need someone who can put in, you know, six or 10 goals in that playoff run um, and be someone who's more offensive uh, minded. Uh, but then the other side of it you look at is like a lot of guys they brought in that are offensive minded come into this system and they don't score. So is that really worth the risk of bringing in someone, maybe losing someone in, in return, bringing in someone as a rental and having them underperform like people have done, you know, under bonus and, and even in Jim Nill's era in general. So it's a really tough question, but in my mind, I don't see it being a super busy uh, free agency or sorry. Trade deadline. Mm. Yeah. And I think that's almost maybe the ideal situation is if we are able to keep all the big pieces, Klingberg and Pavelski and Radulov Holtby, but also, you know, not, bring someone in and just kind of throw off the the cap space. And and also, I mean, you bring in a new guy, that's a whole, you know, a guy that's coming into a new system, new team and has to build chemistry with those players and, and, you know, vice versa, the rest of the team has to build chemistry. And I feel like that's something that the stars are finally kind of getting in a rhythm to, like you mentioned that second line, finally kind of hitting their stride. I think that they've, that Gurionov has found a home with Sagan and Ben and moving Sagan back to center, I think has been beneficial. Uh, really, really good stuff from them. And, yeah, I, I think that that's almost ideal that the Stars, you know, take it easy at the trade deadline, let the other teams move, because this really is, uh, a, a, like you said, a special team, similar to the 1920 era team. And, you know, it's one of the oldest rosters in the league. And I think that that's going to pay dividends if they are able to make the postseason, because as we've been saying, the postseason is just a different animal. I think guys like Klingberg, who's typically been a good playoff performer for the Stars, you look back to the, the 2019 playoffs and even the in the bubble, I think he had like 21 points on that playoff run. Uh, and Radulov, I think if they can get him going and he's able to continue that connection that he has with Jacob Peterson, that they're just going to be they're going to be just fine. Uh, and kind of talking on Jacob Peterson, I think that he's been an exciting guy to watch this season. We obviously got uh, almost spoiled to see Jason Robertson last season as a rookie be a Calder finalist. But what's your your take on Jacob Peterson this season? And do you think he's a guy that uh, could be a staple of this roster for years to come? Or do you think he's going to be kind of a, you know, be here for, for a few years and then maybe, you know, get waived or, you know, not get re-signed at the end of his contract? Yeah, he's he's a perfect example of why the Stars don't want to make moves and just toss away draft picks. Because a lot of teams, when they get a rental in the trade deadline, they're throwing away some third-round picks or fourth-round picks. The Stars have had some extreme success drafting lately. I mean, these guys, Peterson, Haskin, and Ottinger, Robertson are all in the same draft class. So they are, they know that it doesn't matter if it's a fifth round pick. It doesn't matter if it's a fourth round pick. It's important. And Peterson has, has shown that um, like Ben showed, obviously being a late pick himself, but Peterson's been so super fun for me to watch because he's just like Ottinger in the sense that he's mentally way ahead of everybody else. Uh, you know, he came in, the most impressive thing about him is that he had essentially never played in North America before this season. And, Playing in Europe, the rink is a different size. And if you've ever played in the two different rinks, you notice it. I mean, it's a very different game because that little sneak that you can make up the wall, you're pinched off in the NHL. Not only that, but he's playing against bigger and faster people over here. So the way that he was able to come in, and obviously he was the fun surprise at training camp, people thought he would be. It's kind of like Harley a couple of years ago where he made it all the way to that last cut when people thought he'd be out of there in the first round of cuts. Peterson just kept sticking around and he just kept making bonus, keep him around. And then all of a sudden he came in, he scores goals. He scored his first goal in his first game against the Rangers. And he just has impressed consistently. Now, 
Bonus talks about how he has to adjust to the, the physicality and the speed of the game a little bit. And that's especially true now that we're in the second half where every game has felt playoff intensity and teams are closing in a little bit defensively. Uh, they're not making as many calls on penalties, so you're able to get mm-hmm. a little more physical. So he's he's still adjusting to that. But in my mind, I've watched him specifically on a lot of shifts, and I haven't seen him out of place. You know, you see uh, someone like Gurionov once in a while where he's he kind of looks lost a little bit in, in certain shifts. I haven't seen that from Peterson, and that's because his mental game is so much higher than a lot of other people, especially people at his age. And I think that it's just going to keep growing from there. And even more so, I love his friendship with Ottinger because those two are like in love with each other. I mean, every time we <laughs> are asked a question about it, he, you know, Ottinger speaks so highly of Peterson and vice versa. And I think that's super important for both of them, both come together and build together. Um, so in my mind, he could almost be that little sneaky, put in 10 goals in the playoffs kind of guy. Um He's able to jump up and down. I mean, he's played on, on almost every line a little bit with that top line when uh, when there was some injury. He played with Sagan a little bit. So I think that he he's a good little surprise. And, it's, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see how he does in the playoffs and how he does and how he gets into that second year. Um, as we've seen, Jason Roberts prove that not everyone has to have a sophomore slump. So hopefully that's the case for him as well. Today's episode of Locked on Stars is also brought to you by rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Rock Auto has reliably low prices for every single customer, and they've been serving do-it-yourselfers like you and me for over 20 years. They have everything that your car could possibly need. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com yeah i certainly hope so and and robertson like you said having the the, pretty much the same season just you know at the the second level and now he and hints and pavelski have really hit their stride and yeah I'll, i'll echo what you say of he and jake having that friendship and they're also just some of the more fun guys to have in the post-game press conferences. I know some of the older guys especially can be a little more stoic and kind of straight to the point, but I, I think it was that Winnipeg game at home uh, where Jamie Ben got in that fight and there was the the overtime winner, just a lot of intensity in that game. And Jacob Peterson just comes in post-game and he's smiling and, you know, really happy to be there, which I'm sure they're all happy to be there because they're playing professional hockey and it's a, it's a game they love. But yeah, it's really, really good to see that connection between those two and, uh, hopefully, you know, they can both be namesays on this team for a while and continue to grow and develop. But we've been talking about the playoffs all episode, uh, but kind of here to wrap up. Do kind of want to pick your brain a little bit on how you think the Western Conference will shape out? I think it's fairly easy to say that we'll see Colorado probably at the top of the central, if not the the, the best record out west. But how do you see especially these wild card spots? How do you see that shaping out? Because the Pacific Division uh, is its own form of chaos. Uh, I think what many thought the central division might be. Uh, the Pacific Division has picked up and has several good teams that could compete, and but also some good teams that could very well get left out 
of the postseason. So how do you see the Western Conference playoff picture shaping out? And do you think the Stars have a, a legitimate chance to be there? Because I know we're both biased towards them, uh, but do kind of want to pick your brain on, on if they have a good chance to make a wild card spot or even uh, a top three spot in the division, because I think they're only four points behind Minnesota, who's in third. Yeah, so I'll start with that. I'll start with you know with their their chance to make change. I think they mm-hmm. absolutely have a chance to make it. Um, like you said, they they went from okay, we hope we can scratch and claw that second spot and play Colorado for the best. Who in Colorado has been? As we knew you know, they started slow. We knew they were going to eventually figure it out, and they have mm-hmm. figured it out. <laughs> and so, uh, so I think they want to avoid any way possible to play Colorado. They've fought pretty well against them, you know, throughout the year. I believe they've won two out of three matchups uh, so far. So, you know, they've played well, but you don't want to play. You don't want to see them in the NHL, even though mm-hmm. they're they're an offensive team and you have not seen them perform well in the playoffs. I think you want to avoid that. And now all of a sudden, you know, the Stars have a, 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 a six, one and two, something like that record since the uh, All-Star break or six, three and one um, since the All-Star break. And all of a sudden they're, scratching and clawing and not only are they in the wild card not only is nashville in sight but minnesota is starting to be in sight too and you know it's helped that they've gone four and six and they're not playing as well well but i think dallas has a legitimate chance and i actually predicted them uh, at the beginning of the second half of the season i did an article on you know some bold predictions and i said they were going to be in one of those top three spots uh, and I really believe that because things feel good around the team. You know, you can see it around the locker room. They're playing jokes like the whole raffle helmet thing. Um, practice has been really high paced. Guys are laughing and it didn't feel that way, you know, two months ago. So I really believe they have a, a solid chance. And then as for the rest of the West, it is hilarious that the East has been set since like November and it's literally <laughs> just, just seeds. It doesn't matter. Everyone already knows uh-huh. who's in. Um, but the West is the complete opposite. I mean, the central, you have the Colorado well above. St. Louis has a pretty hefty lead, and they've been still playing some pretty good hockey. So you think that they're probably set in the second spot. From the else or from there, it's chaos. It's Minnesota is uh, is four points ahead of Dallas, but only one point ahead of Nashville. And the Pacific, like you said, is it seems like seems every day a team goes from like second in the Pacific to out of the playoffs. And yeah. I think the most dramatic one for me is I looked up at the standings. You know, when you're watching the stars and you're paying attention, you look at the standings, but I don't, I don't always look at that top three in the Pacific. I kind of focus on the wild card and the central and see where teams are. I looked last week and all of a sudden Vegas was almost out of the playoffs. And I thought they were well ahead and ready and fully playing well and ready to go. They, they've gone on a four, five, and one streak. So it's not like they're playing, you know, one and eight hockey. And all of a sudden mm-hmm. they have 62 points and the stars are only one point behind them. So they could drop out of a playoff spot with one more loss. So it's really up in the air. And it's kind of funny, too, because I would not have guessed that the teams that I'd be saying would be around the stars right now would be Anaheim, Los Angeles, Vegas, Edmonton. Those are just not what I would have seen, especially the California teams. I didn't think they were at all ready to be in the playoff position. Um, But I believe the stars goal is to just get ahead of their own division because the Pacific is so drastic and up and down that I don't know if they're going to have a Pacific team in there. You know, Edmonton, maybe Anaheim. I don't really know if they're, I mean, they got three or four games in hand and they're still behind. So I don't really know how significant their run is going to be. But I really think that if Dallas can find a way to beat those teams, I mean, it it helps. They have a ton of games still left against their, the central division, beat those teams and get ahead of them in those spots. 
and then let the rest play out behind them. Because right now it's Nashville and Dallas in the top two. So you're going to get five central teams possibly to three Pacific teams, which, you know, feels like it. I think that's how it was back in 2018 you know, when the central was so competitive again. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it's weird to see that the central has, is as competitive as it is, although so the top two are pretty much set. You know, normally when you're as competitive throughout the, the comp or the division, the top three spots are kind of up for grabs. Uh, right now, it's basically here's the three spots, the top two wild card and the bottom third spot. Uh, and I think Dallas has a realistic chance at any of those. Uh, and I really believe they would like to get like to that third spot um, just to avoid playing anybody. I mean, Calgary, who knows, who would be a good matchup. But I think that getting up in that spot, securing yourself uh, in there, not having to battle for the wild card and then playing against maybe St. Louis is probably this, their best option there. But it's fun. It, every year, the last five years, it's been hectic. You know, you never know who's ever going to It's been a while since the Stars had a play-in final game of the year. Uh, you know, I, I can't remember what year it was last time they had last one. So maybe it'll come down to the last game. I uh, hope not, but we'll see. Yeah, and it's one of those things that's and and I I think I said this on Twitter the other day that you you know you can have your criticisms of Stars hockey, but it's seldom ever boring this season. Uh, almost all the games are you know down to the wire and close, and uh, it's going to be that way with the playoffs, like you said. And uh, yeah, I'm curious to see who they get matched up with if they make the postseason because it's one thing to make it, but then you kind of have to you know prove why you're there. And uh, yeah, I think a St. Louis matchup would be really intriguing. I know uh, even myself still you know have. Uh, bad flashbacks back to that 2019 series and what could have been in that moment because that was a, a one heck of a series and just so sad that the Ben Bishop couldn't get the the offensive help that he needed and uh, you know kind of a, a bitter way for him to go out of the postseason when you think about it though I guess he did play in that that 2020 run but uh, not quite up to form as he was back in 2019 but yeah it's going to be really fun to watch this playoff race unfold like you said and a lot of good teams and that's just you know the beauty of hockey is this is this chaos and we get to watch it all unfold from the central division but also the pacific and i know that big game against la on wednesday will hold a little bit of implications as the stars are looking to to distance themselves from the rest of these teams like anaheim and and edmonton and, and teams like that but sam thank you so much for hopping on the show today really do appreciate your insight and if you want to take a moment uh let the listeners know where they can find you on social media where they can find your work uh on on the internet yeah sure it is sure. thank you so much for having me dan this was super fun uh you can follow me at sam nestler on twitter and then like dana said earlier my all my work always at the hockey writer so just go to the hockey writers and to the Dallas Stars page, and that's where you can catch up on my sounds uh, of the crazy Dallas Stars season. Good deal. Well, Sam, thank you so much again, and we'll we'll have to have you back on sometime in the future. Appreciate it. I'm super excited. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that conversation that I got to have with Sam. Such a great guy. Uh, very smart, knowledgeable on the sport of hockey, but also just a very easy guy to get along with. So really enjoyed the conversation I got to have with him today. And I hope you guys enjoyed it and found it insightful as well. Be sure to go check out his work. I will link it down in the description below, or you can scrub back about 20 to 30 seconds in here. Uh, him say it himself uh, with his own words. But thank you again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Stars for making us your first listen of the day. Now go make your second listen of the day, the Locked on Fantasy Hockey podcast. Get you set up for the NHL fantasy hockey postseason. Uh, you want to make sure you have your lineup set for those and have the best players possible to put you in a position to win. They post a show every single weekday, wherever you find your podcast at. You can also subscribe to and follow the Locked on Stars podcast for free 
by the way, uh, costs no charge at all to follow, subscribe, rate, and review. Uh, if you do like what you hear, you can find us wherever you get your podcast at. And on YouTube, you can also find me on Twitter at Dane Double underscore Lewis and our show at Locked on Stars. Be sure to give us a follow at both those places as well. Uh, words are hard, but you know, we're at the end of the episode now, so I have to worry about my words less, but we'll see you tomorrow, Stars fans. Tomorrow, I'll be joined by Sarah Avampado of Locked on LA Kings to preview the big game between the Stars and the Kings going down in Dallas. We'll see you there, Stars fans. Have a great Tuesday.